0: Know if I need to explain that. Uh, Anyway, um, no, we, uh, Oliver got it in his head that he was going to be Buzz Lightyear, and Jake was going to be Woody, and Bethany was going to be Jesse. And so, you know, if you're going to do Toy Story, so Pam and I decided we would be Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head. John Mark was an alien. It's all on Facebook. It's there, so. We, uh, but whoever said I should dress up like Mr. Potato Head today, that was not the best of ideas. So, anyway, praise God. Was that you, Pastor Rick? Was that you, Christy? Amen. <laughs> all right. So, uh, I was a little concerned because we ordered the costume, and I said, you know, it's it's, it's going to be a kind of a blow to my uh, to my person if the Mr. Potato Head fit outfit doesn't fit me. You know, if you if it's if it's, you know, the potato head is tight, I'm going to be embarrassed, you know, so, but praise God. Anyway, let's pray over the offering. Father, you're good to us. We love you. We, we thank you for all that you've done for us and all that you've given to us. And Lord, as we give this morning, we do so as an extension, as an expression of our faith. Lord, as we participate in all that you're doing in the earth and the kingdom, I thank you, Father, that no weapon formed against any of my brothers or sisters will prosper. We thank you, Father, that, that even during um, uncertain times in the earth, Father, we are that nation in a nation, Lord, and our our economic outlook and future is strong, Father, and we believe you and we trust you as we give unto you now in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Praise God. You give as unto um, the Lord this morning just uh, a couple of announcements. Um, First of all, Brother Ed Canada uh, sends his love. uh, He's just what 95 years old now, so he's kind of staying close to home during all this COVID stuff, understandably so. He's still been sending produce, but um, they wanted me to announce that that the turnip greens in his garden are ready uh, to be harvested, and... um, if you guys would like some turnip greens, uh, his house is just a few blocks from here. Um, and he said, come and get them. So if that's of interest to you, uh, you can see myself or Dad and uh, Brother Jerry, somebody can, Miss Elaine, they all know where he lives. They can give you some, uh, what's just basically two turns from here. Amen. Um, and he would, uh, again, he plants all that stuff uh, for us amen i'm sure he eats a little bit of it but um he wants to uh, be a blessing to you and so if that's something you're interested in amen feel free and stop by praise god so youth uh tomorrow evening um seven o'clock our young people have been having a great time on uh, mondays and we are uh, thankful for them and in just a few minutes we'll be enjoying uh our communion time together and um so, looking forward to that uh, also this morning. Praise God. Um, if you have your Bibles, open them with me to the book of James. Uh, James, the fourth chapter. I've got a few verses I'd like to share with you, if I could, this morning. Praise God. James, chapter 4, and then um, we'll look at a passage out of First Peter, just a few pages over from there. Praise God. Amen. All right, so um, an important week. So just once again to remind you to pray and vote. Pray and vote, and then after you vote, pray some more. Amen. Lord spoke very uh, strongly to me about this election, um, that it's not about personalities, it's not about skin color, it's not about political party, it's not about gender, it, it, it's, it's, it's not about any of that. And don't be deceived by all of those uh, smoke screens from the enemy, um, there are some very important core issues that are at stake for this country. The enemy is trying to set this country back, um, in the sense of of you know everybody says, do you mean financially, economically? Yes, that is part of it, but even more so, um, there are things pertaining to our integrity as a nation. Um, if you haven't figured it out by now, the devil loves to embarrass people. He loves to, um, to set you up and then shame you. And in the same way that he loves to do that uh, individually, he loves to do that on a, on a large scope, a large scale. Uh, make no mistake about it. This, this country is, is a threat um, to what the enemy is trying to do around the world. It's a threat to tyranny. It's a threat um, you know, to freedom and liberty. Uh, as, as Ronald Reagan said, this country is, is that city on a hill, that, that bright light that shines. And, um, and certainly the enemy wants to extinguish that light. Now, last week we talked about a nation inside a nation. And one of the things that makes this nation special is so many of God's people reside inside of this nation. And we are that holy nation. We are that uh, royal priesthood. We are that chosen generation that lives inside of this nation. Amen. And so while we're thankful for um, our government, we, we are instructed by God to pray for our government. While we're thankful for um, the economy and, and all of those things that are represented by the United States of America, um, we answer to a higher authority. And the Bible is very clear that we're in this world, but we're not of this world. That our citizenship is established by the blood of Jesus uh, in the kingdom of heaven itself, and that we are ambassadors. We are representing um, our Father's kingdom, our Father's government, and doing His business in the earth. It's very important that we, as the body of Christ, understand that part about who we are, our role, if you will. um, Where we came from, who we are, where we're going, and why we're here. Some key things that we've been emphasizing over the last couple of weeks. So, when we go back then to what will happen in this country on Tuesday, there are certain things that become a hindrance to the enemy, um, light, for instance, righteousness, for instance, um, things that you know have been established by our Father as um, uh, you know what he intends. For life to be uh, here on planet Earth, and of course we know that our enemy, God's enemy, Satan, is opposed to those things. And so, there are plenty of God's people all over the world. No one misunderstand me. And as I mentioned last week, we have people who watch these services either live or online later uh, that that are in other countries. And so, I'm by no means trying to diminish the importance of of God's people all over the world. And, and, and I'm thankful for God's people all over the world. But one of the things that you have to understand that's very unique about the United States of America is that 80% of the money that is given to evangelize the world comes from the United States of America. For every $10 that's given to preach the gospel around the world. For every ten dollars that's given to preach the gospel around the world, eight of those dollars come from the United States of America. So I'm, I'm, I'm trying to help you understand why the enemy wants to try to weaken the church and weaken the nation here in, in, in the United States. Um, if he can uh, Undermine the economy of this nation and affect the economy of this nation. Um, then he's going to try and do that because again, it's not just about people not being able to pay their light bill. Are you following what I'm saying? Satan loves misery of any kind. Don't misunderstand me. Um, poverty is a result of the curse and, and poverty, uh, you know, again, is things that Satan, uh, is behind in sickness and, and, and all of these uh, you know other uh, aspects that came along with the curse on this planet but Satan is not trying to weaken this economy because he enjoys people being unemployed remember that would be checkers he doesn't play checkers he plays chess he's trying to weaken the economy of this nation so that people will be unemployed because unemployed people can't give money to preach the gospel around the world are you hearing me Amen. And so there's just a lot that's at stake that I don't think um, any of us, myself included, um, fully understand. And I know that there are a lot of people who have this idea that whatever God desires to happen is going to happen. But the Bible doesn't teach that. Um, We see that God's will has to be understood. It has to be submitted to. And then it has to be enforced by faith by God's people here on the earth. Jesus taught us to pray that the kingdom would come and that father's will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. He had never told us to pray that and to and to put our faith foot forward and 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 demand that if it was going to happen anyway. Are you following what I'm saying? If if it was if whatever God wanted to happen on this earth was going to happen on this earth whether the the church prayed or not, whether you prayed or not, whether the church stood up or not, are you following what I'm saying? I mean, we've covered this over the years extensively, but Jesus clearly said when he had people to help, he didn't tell them to get in the fray and help. He said, pray for more helpers. Because Jesus realized that, that the more people, the more of God's people who were actively doing God's bidding in the earth, the more effective the results were going to be. And so this idea that it's all going to turn out, however it's going to turn out, whether you do anything or not, whether I do anything or not, is just simply not the case. And so let's go back to what the Lord spoke to me about this election. He said, don't, don't be confused. It's not about political party. It's not about personalities. It's not about personalities. So you hear, a lot of, you hear a lot of talk about the different personalities of the different candidates. And I'm not just talking about for president. Um, You know, there's lots of other important elections taking place on Tuesday other than president and vice president. But you hear a lot about, um, you know, personality. You hear a lot about um, political party. You hear a lot about gender. You hear a lot about skin color, uh, race. You you hear um, a, a lot about experience even, you know. And and I'm not saying that those you know when it comes to experience that that's not necessarily important, um, but look at all that Father God has done throughout the history of the world with inexperienced people, right? <laughs> you know, Moses had never led a nation out of uh, out of slavery before. David had never killed a giant before. We again we could go on and on with this. So even when it comes to you say, well, this person has more experience than that person as as a potential. Congressman, or as a potential senator, or as as a, as a potential you know governor, or what have you, well, you know, th- this election is about some very basic and important principles, and you know, in in my lifetime, and I, I, I maybe you know I've just been naive, but the thought that this nation could ever be something other than one nation under God has never really, in other words, I never thought that was possible until now. Are um, you guess what I'm saying? Um, because th- there, th- there are very uh, powerful people in, in our world today who do not want this country to be one nation under God. They do not want, in God we trust, in other words, they don't want God mentioned in any way. And um, it's sad to me it's sad to me, but even in the, um, when, the, uh, when the Democrats had their national convention, they deliberately took One Nation Under God out of the pledge when they said it. So when we talk about what's going on in this country um, and what your vote means, and so here's the part, and I'm kind of, I guess, um, I just need to spit it out and say it. All right? I was, I was going to spit it out and say it last week, all right? But I believe Father clearly spoke to me that His people will be held accountable for what they do on Tuesday. That we will be held accountable. There were, there were, um, and I, I would love to know more, but the Bible doesn't tell us more. Um, th- there were people that were preaching the kingdom in Jesus' name that were not a part of Jesus's inner circle. And the disciples, I don't know if they were insecure. I don't know if they were jealous. You know, a religious spirit wants to try to control everything. So I don't know if it was a religious spirit. But, you know, they, they came to Jesus and they're like, Jesus, we've got to do something about this. We've got some unauthorized preaching going on here. We, we, got, we got some people who, who uh, don't have, uh, you know, the papers. They, they haven't. Um, you know they, they haven't been uh, uh, signed off on by you, and and we need to go uh, shut them down. And and Jesus said, look if 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 they're not if they're not against us, then they're for us. But then we also see in other places, you know, where Jesus, and this would be the, the New Winslet paraphrase version of this, um, where he says, if you're if you're not part of the answer, you're part of the problem. And so, a lot of times, what we see in the church is is that people are trying to find, um, just this middle ground, of of where, you know, we don't we don't really get stirred up about it either way. Um, but according to Jesus, that does that middle ground doesn't exist. Are you hearing yes. me? In other words, if if you're not actively standing for good, then. You're part, of, you're part of what's standing against good, as simple as I know how to say it. And you say, well, that doesn't sound right to me, Pastor Mark. Well, read the Bible. Amen. This is, this is what the Bible instructs us to do. Now, one of the arguments that I felt like the Lord was speaking to me about this, um, you know, we, we live in a part of our country where, um, you know, the Bible Belt. Some people call Alabama the buckle of the Bible Belt, you know. And uh, obviously, conservative values are still very strong here, um, and um, you know, I, you know was clearly, um, as if you look at the polls, so to speak, um, there there are so many um, polls that point towards, you know, this this uh, state, uh, cont- you know, as I said, my ticket was unborn children in Israel. And and clearly, these are things that that people in this state, uh, a majority, a vast majority, uh, to the tune of eighteen percentage points, if you look at the polls, um, support those things. So, but again, listen to me, please. You say, well, it doesn't really matter if I vote or not because this is how it's going to turn out. And no, I no, see again, you will be held accountable for what you do. I'll be held accountable for what I do in this upcoming election. So even when it comes to, you know, my vote's not going to make a difference. That I don't believe that's going to hold any water with our Father, amen. Um, not to mention there's men in this room who sacrificed tremendously to defend the rights that we have to exercise on Tuesday. So if, if nothing more, do it as unto God and do it out of respect for uh, these folks who have fought and bled and, um, and know people who have died for us to have this right. Amen. All right. Let me... Um, James chapter 4 and verse number 6. It says, But he gives more grace... But he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Lament and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord. And he will lift you up. Well, we know from the Old Testament that God says if his people will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways, right? That he will heal from heaven and he'll do what? He'll heal their land. So it's back to this a nation inside of a nation. He didn't say if every person in the nation would turn and pray and humble themselves. He said that if his people inside the nation would do it, then he would hear and the entire nation would be affected. The entire nation would be, um, would be healed. The land itself even would be healed. So I'm, I'm trying to show you again um, that, you know, the, the, the church in this in this country, it, it's not about, you know, if we have enough votes. Are you hearing me? I'm not speaking out of both sides of my mouth. We need to vote, okay? But the true power that you possess goes well beyond casting a ballot. The real power that you possess is the authority that you have. You see, we, we try to say that as this goes, so goes the nation. As this goes, so goes the nation. What you're going to see, hopefully sooner rather than later, amen. In other words, I pray that, that we don't wait till we get to heaven to find out one day that it's not as this goes, so goes the nation. It's as the church goes, so goes the nation. Amen. It's, it's, what, it's what the nation inside the nation does that sets the tone and determines the course for the rest of the country. Amen. That's the authority that we have. And again, we could teach a whole series of sermons on that. We see it from the Old Testament all the way through to the New Testament where a, a small group of people, right, that would, that would come together and stand uh, on the Word of God could change the course of an entire nation. So I'm not going to go back over all the list. Um, We've been through it a couple of times now. But remember all the things that we have already presented to you that are powerless to stop the enemy, that are powerless to even um, slow him down. Um, But yet the church, the body of Christ, amen, the church which is his body. Notice what the Bible says, if we submit ourselves to God, resist the devil, not only will we slow him down, not only will we stop him, we will turn him on his heels and send him back in that opposite direction. Now, go with me um, toward the book of Revelation, towards the end of the Bible, um, to 1 Peter, to 1 Peter, praise God, uh, chapter 5, 1 Peter chapter 5, amen. 1 Peter chapter 5, praise God. We'll look at a few verses there, then we'll partake of communion, okay? Does that sound good? Everybody all right? Thank you so much for being here this morning. Amen. It's a good-looking group. Um, I have, um, listen, I think it was a couple of weeks ago. Brother Keith Moore, once a year, he does a week of increase. And um, I'm sure it'll probably probably be on Victory Channel if it's not already. Um, But um, during his week of increase, uh, he had a lot to say about humility and the importance of humility. And if we could just simplify what the Bible teaches about humility, it's those who humble themselves that get the help. We talk about the grace of God. We're talking about God's unearned undeserved unmerited favor blessing benefit in our lives and certainly the grace of God the Bible says has has been extended to all mankind because when Jesus died he didn't just die for those who believe in him he died for every human being and so that grace has appeared is the way it says in, in, in Titus 2 this grace uh, that has brought salvation has appeared to all mankind the, the love of God for humanity that we see on the cross is often, and I thought of it for years, as the greatest display, uh, the greatest revealing of God's love in, 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 in these things. I'm not trying to diminish that, but if you read carefully those passages in Romans 5, we see that the love Jesus displayed on the cross is the love that God has for his enemies. It's, he did that for all of us while we were the enemies of God. And so he goes on in Romans 5 to say, if he loved us this much while we were his enemies, how much more? Are you following me? How much more? And so we saw that in the passage we looked at in James 4. That he gives how much grace? He gives more grace. He gives more grace. But who gets the grace? Who gets the help? Come on, shout it out at me. The humble. The humble get the grace. The humble get the help. Pride will put you and me if we allow it in our lives it'll put us in a position where it literally causes god to resist us now notice we submit ourselves to god and the devil will flee from us right resist the devil he'll flee from us but if we allow pride in our lives it it flips that script and and it it literally creates an open door for the enemy so let's look at this in first peter five and then we'll we'll pray um, let's go 1 Peter 5 and verse number 5. It says, Likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. He resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that He may exalt you in due time. Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. He goes on to say, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. But may the God of all grace, who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. To Him be the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. I'm not here to teach you on this this morning, but that word suffer is misleading. It just simply means to go through something, to experience something. And, you know, we think of suffering as, I don't know what all goes off in your head when you hear that word suffer. But he's just simply talking about the pressures in this world that, that, are, that are on the outside of us, pressing in on us. Remember, I know I've said this to you so many times. We cannot let the chaos around us become chaos inside of us. We cannot let trouble around us create trouble inside of us. Jesus slept in the boat with a storm raging around him. Because he had peace inside of him, he was in a position to bring peace around him. Amen. And so this is why the enemy is trying so hard to, to get you and me in a state of panic in a state of anxiety, you know, literally troubled within, uh, confused within, because when we are troubled and confused, we're in no position to be that nation inside of a nation bringing change in the world around us. Now, the last thing I want to point out to you, and we'll pick this up next week, notice that he's combining being prideful versus being humble to casting our care upon him, for he cares for you. Verse number 6. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. If you notice at the end of verse 6, there's a comma. Verse 7 begins with a lowercase c. Don't, don't let the two verses, you know, don't, don't let the verse number uh, trick you into thinking that these are unrelated thoughts. The thought continues. And one of the key things that he's showing us here is that it may be subtle, but when we hold on to the care of this world and, and and put our trust in ourselves and in other people and in the government, that that we're not casting the care of these things over on the Lord, but we're taking upon them upon ourselves. You know what that what that actually is? That's pride. Are you seeing this? This is the connection he's wanting you to see here. It is a humble thing for you to recognize that this is not this is not my cross to bear. This is this is not what I'm supposed to be dwelling on. This is not what I'm supposed to be allowing to trouble my heart and and and, and, and the chaos and these things. I'm instead I'm gonna I'm gonna roll the care of this over on the Lord and I'm gonna put my trust in him. You see how that in essence flips that switch between pride and humility. When when we become so anxious and think that it's up to us to protect ourselves from all that's going on in the world around us. And now all of a sudden we, we think, oh my goodness, you know, I gotta do this and I gotta do that. I'm not telling you to be foolish. I'm not telling you to go lick a water fountain. Oh, that's not what I'm saying. That that would be ignorant. That's not it. But l- listen to me. Be wise. As John Mark said when all this began back in March, um, we're not being afraid, we're being wise. Amen. We're not being afraid, we're being wise. But your best efforts, are you hearing me? Your best efforts. Anybody here ever had uh, a symptom from a cold? Anybody? You realize that the coronavirus is just a, a unique strain of a cold. It's a, anybody ever had flu symptoms? It's just a unique strain of a virus, Okay. And so I'm not I'm not telling you that uh, you say, well, it's different, Pastor. Of course, it's different. That's why it's novel or novel, however you say it? Coronavirus nineteen. Okay, it's a unique strain. But the the point I'm trying to make is this: we're not going to freak out and panic about all this. We're trusting the Lord. We're, we're the care of all this. We're putting it on Him. Because to trust in yourself, to protect yourself, and think that if you don't protect yourself, you're not going to be protected, that's pride. That's pride. Are you hearing me? And who gets the help? (laughs) The humble. Thank you. The humble get the help. Amen. Singers and musicians, y'all please um, come. Hey, it's kind of a unique morning. Um, Stand with me. Praise God, if you will. Um, we have uh, the self-serve communion uh, cups with the wafers on the tables by the back doors. If you if you didn't notice that when you came in or, or, or was, wasn't aware of it, it can take you a moment now. I see some of you going and and, and grab those. Again, it's just another way that we're being wise. Amen. And, and uh, instead of everybody touching everybody's communion. You can just touch your own. Praise God. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. let so give you a moment to, to grab that. Thank you, Jesus. So um, the, the clear cover on the top, we peel that off first. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. You know, what we hold in our hand looks, you know, pretty pretty unimportant. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it looks the packaging and the, you know, um, but don't be deceived. What's represented here um, is eternal. What's represented here is beautiful. What's represented here is special beyond words. And when we look at that word communion, it's not just speaking of the emblems, but it's speaking of unity. It's speaking of oneness. It's, 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 it's speaking of, of, of what it is that the blood of Jesus has done for us as individuals, but also what it's done for us as a group, as a body. And it's, and it's his body broken that has made us one body. It's his blood shed that has made us new creations in Christ Jesus and enabled us to become one with God's Spirit. Amen. And so Jesus said, look, I want you to do this regularly and as often as you do it, I want you to do it in remembrance of me. Amen. And so this morning, Father, as we, as we take this bread in our hands, we recognize that it represents the body of Christ that was broken so that the body of Christ could come together under one head, under Jesus himself. And Father, I thank you that because his body was broken, our individual bodies now are made whole and made well. And what we do this morning, Father, we do in humble obedience to your word, And, Father, we do so now not thinking about last week or next week or what we're going to do later today. But in this moment, in this moment, we remember Jesus. In this moment, we set our hearts and minds, attention and affections upon him. And, Jesus, we say thank you. We say thank you from the bottom of our hearts. We we sang this morning, sir, thank you for the cross. Thank you for the price that you paid. And it was a tremendous price. So that we could stand here today free from the bondage of sin. Free from the the slavery of sin. Washed in the blood of Jesus. And Father, your great restraining force in the earth. So we partake of this bread now together in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's partake together. Thank you, Jesus. Now if you just take the... You don't have to separate the purple foil. You just grab the whole tab and, um, and pull back for the cup. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Father, your word makes it very clear that Jesus had to become one of us in order to do for us what had to be done. He was born of a virgin, but he became a human being. He grew and he waxed strong in wisdom and in stature and in favor with you and with others. Father, he grew up into who you created him to be. He found himself in the scriptures and he did for us what no other could do. His blood was not just the blood of another animal, a goat or a, or a bull or a calf, but his blood was precious. It wasn't just the blood of another human being. Because his blood had never been tainted by sin. And so, Father, he was more undeserving than all of us combined together were deserving of death. And in so shedding his blood, Father, he, he tipped the scales in our favor. And so, Lord, as we stand here holding this cup this morning before you, we do so once again in obedience to your word. We humble ourselves. We, we obey what Jesus instructed us to do. And we set our minds firmly upon him today. We see him high and lifted up, Father, with faith's uh, eye. We, we see him ruling and reigning over the universe. And we also see ourselves seated there together with him, far above all principality, power, might, and dominion. A name above every name. And, Father, it's that name that we've been given power of attorney to use. So, Father, as we take this blood now as an act of our faith, I thank you that any stronghold, any, any needed breakthrough, any physical uh, pain, uh, any uh, effect of the curse of any kind. Father, it is broken now as we partake together in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's drink the cup together. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Amen. Amen. The Bible says that after they had eating eat the meal together that they sang a hymn before they departed and so staying true to that let's, um, let's sing together if you desire prayer these altars are open we'd love to meet you and pray with you um, this morning but uh, let's just focus our hearts and minds on him before we go